Welcome back to us and welcome back to you, the listener. My name is Christina Rabatsky. I'm the deputy editor of Desenio magazine. And my name is Ollie Stratford. I'm the editor-in-chief of Desenio magazine. And we're joined in the studio by uh, a silent presence, which is Evie Hall, our producer, ably supporting us. We are at the London Design Festival, uh, touring the city and reporting on the installations, exhibitions and events we find along the way. Today's episode is going to focus around the theme of reclamation of materials and reuse. Yeah, so we've seen a couple of events this time round that maybe prioritise that idea a little bit more and are perhaps a, a tad more responsible in their use of material. They're very different. There's a small exhibition of ceramic works. There's a big installation in a public space. But yeah, all use similar processes. The first project I thought we could talk about is called A Second Life, appropriately, given this theme of reuse. Uh, And it comes from the design uh, gallery, sort of collectible design retailer Matter of Stuff. They've been going for a few years now. I think it was founded in 2014. And they do installations during LDF. Last year, they did a big one at King's Cross that I think you saw, Ollie. Yeah, I did see it. It was a sort of beautiful space in the King's Cross development uh, around the back. And they'd commissioned the London-based design studio Raw Edges to create this kind of landscape of, if I remember rightly, sort of suspended wooden poles. It was really lovely, actually. It was very beautiful, I have to say. Mm. And so what they've done this year is they've commissioned a number of designers to use those poles or dowels. They're made from pine, and there's about 5,000 of them. So from that uh, installation last year, uh, and to reuse them to create new pieces. Uh, And they've been installed at Sketch, a, a really fancy restaurant in uh, London's Mayfair. Mm, The toilets are eggs, aren't they? Yeah, you go into these egg pods. They're great. The participating designers are PIM Studio Architects, Brodie Neal, Matteo Fagal and Emma Archer and Studio Furthermore. The architects, PIM Studio, have created a sort of scenography in the the entrance of Sketch and uh, Studio Furthermore has created these freestanding sculptures uh, Matteo Fagal and his partner Emma Archer, who's a costume designer, uh, they've created these room dividers which sort of look like fans as well, where there's a textile component that's using quadrat offcuts. So, And have they, kept, have they all kept the dowels intact or have they sort of chopped them up? Like how much have, has that original element been um, tampered with or meddled with? There's been some chopping up and in fact Studio Furthermore have done quite a nice thing because... By chop- chopping up the uh, the wood, they've created a lot of sawdust, but the sawdust itself has been used to sort of encrust the uh, the rods, uh, and then they've been, then been coloured, uh, so that it becomes a sort of textural element in itself. Hmm, that sounds lovely. Oh, I should say Brody's piece is a bench, which is great. It's a sort of, it, the uh, dowels are used in a crisscross fashion. It looks like a kind of incredibly elaborate Jenga game. It sounds a little bit like those concept restaurants where there's a dish which is beetroot five ways. Mm, yeah, pine dowel five ways. <laughs> which I suppose is quite valuable as a message, right? Because yeah. if we are interested in reusing elements, something which maybe highlights the versatility of an existing element and the range of options available to you in messing around with that can only be helpful. 
this one's also going to be on for a bit longer uh, until October. And then during Freeze, the big art fair, uh, an artist is going to come in and paint the architectural elements made from these dolls by Pim Studio. And then all of the pieces will be auctioned off following that. With increasing awareness around um, material reuse and the need for projects to not just be these effervescent bursts into life of cost material in space and then collapse into a dumpster it's, it's rather good if they're reusing it again it seems yeah. um to strike me as the right attitude yeah if we are going to have these types of collectible design items then uh why not use a material that's already in circulation yeah and i think that leads us on to another project uh, which is one of the sort of headline uh, installations of this LDF, sponsored by British Lamb. It's a work by Paul Coxedge. Please be seated, which is a bit confusing because in our last episode, which came out on Monday, we discussed Please Sit, which is an exhibition at Fenton House. So this is not to be confused with that. Yeah. So Please Be Seated is a very large-scale public installation. It fills up a square at the back of Liverpool Street Station. There's sort of these concertinaed wooden structures that um, ebb and flow, so they bounce up and down, creating little valleys that then rise up into peaks. They're sort of concentric rings. Um, It looks a little bit like uh, a crinkly poppadom, I suppose. I, can, um, I, I just I, I was just charmed by the description of, <laughs> of the installation as a giant poppadom. Um, so it's made from reclaimed wood. Um, Paul Coxage has collaborated with White and White, which is an interiors company. Um, and this is a sort of reclaimed wood that usually gets t- uh, used for scaffolding, I believe. I think it is retired scaffolding. Oh, is so it? I think okay, it's yeah. sort of end of its lifetime scaffolding. So the kind of most beaten up, chipped uh, with nails hammered in, paint on old boards, which they've then worked on to rehabilitate a little bit and found a new life for. Hmm. Uh, And so what's nice about this is obviously it's using, again, a reclaimed material. Uh, It will also, once it it comes down in October, it will be used by White and White for its interior fittings and, and furniture. When Ollie and I went, we saw lots of people interacting with this installation uh, in a really nice way. People were sort of sitting or reclining on it. The, the way it works is that these undulating sort of ribbons of, of wood, sort of the further out they are, the... The broader and shallower the valley. That's it. <laughs> so you can sit several people in the sort of outer circle, but then in the inner circles, then they get much uh, tighter, these spaces, and almost create these little cocoons. Uh, mm. around you and, and it was sort of beautiful and sun dappled when we went and people were having a, a really nice time just uh, spending time in the space and it's also quite porous so you can sort of walk uh, under the um, the peaks <laughs> of, of the uh, ribbons um, and so people can walk across the square uh, in much the same way as they would have when it wasn't there. It took me by surprise a little bit um, because I was expecting to hate it because it's one of those headline installations which typically are about creating an impression and they're very lavish and they're very uh, spectacular in their own way and fundamentally I hate fun (laughs) and so I didn't want to go along and see one of these installations that normally are quite 
lightweight in terms of what they're saying about design or any intellectual credentials. And in advance, I think probably unfairly, I had this pegged as one of those because these kind of installations normally are. Uh, But as Christine says, I was impressed and surprised by the interaction with it. People did seem to love this thing and it seemed to be serving a purpose. And I think it's, it's a very good thing if recycling reuse is being considered even in the sort of tentpole installations, the ones which are there to blow an audience's socks off or um, really create a strong visual impression. If thinking about sustainability, as nebulous a term as that is, begins to filter through even into that realm, that's a positive step. So the final project we want to talk about is a little bit of a gear shift, so away from those headline uh, installations and public seating and into something a little bit smaller and more intimate. And this is looking at ceramic. It's in a small exhibition in the Brompton Design District uh, presented by MDR Gallery. And it's the work of the designer Atua Aparizio Torinos, who went on a ceramics residency in Xingdezhen, China, which is a city with a very long porcelain and ceramics history. And she was researching the material. Um, so while Atua was in Xingdezhen, uh, she became very interested in a couple of different things. One are the sort of vast numbers of ceramic plates which are produced there which are rejected maybe there's a slight imperfection the color's slightly off there's a smudge in the material or something like that and those are typically i don't know they're either sold at a much lower cost or they're scrapped so i think she became interested in was there a second life for these plates and she became particularly interested in proverb plates which i don't know the history of them but they seem quite touristy in a sense they're sort of these green plates which then have in traditional writing running across a proverb and some of those are things like um, a boundless world and practice what you preach uh, walk the talk and then other things she became uh, excited by is the possibility of using borosilicate glass Um, it can't be recycled in the way uh, traditional glass can be and she began to look into whether it could be used as a glaze instead and so borosilicate glass it melts at a much higher temperature than regular glass as well, which means it can be used as a glaze on porcelain. Porcelain is fired at very uh, high temperatures also. Yeah, and the received wisdom normally is that you can't mix porcelain and glass because they're just, given their sort of melting points, it's different. The results tend to be disastrous and never the twain shall meet. Except in A Boundless World, this new exhibition uh, with Atua's work. So... What she's done is that she's taken these rejected plates and there's some amazing pictures in the exhibition material from Jingdeshan with, with all these, you know, like hundreds and hundreds of rejected plates just stacked out outside of the, uh, the workshops. So she's taken these proverb plates and glazed them with borosilicate. Um, I mean, I can only describe it as sort of emoji emoji smiley faces with different expressions and quite colourful yeah, they're sort of little smears of glazes to create these really playful, funny expressions. Some look shocked, some are happy, some are sad, some are crying, some are wearing sunglasses, others have heart emojis for eyes. And Yeah, they the, very much like they use the language of the emojis with some have, you know, the stress lines on the cheek and that sort of And some of the borosilicate has a really interesting texture to it. It looks quite 
sedimentary. I don't quite know how she's done it, but you get these beautiful, um, sort of almost craggy, rocky um, appearance, but then this very smooth glazed texture. It looks like sort of sediment built up on the ocean floor for years and these strange colours. I think it's a play on the slight Jekyll and Hyde nature of Jing Zhen that it has this immensely traditional ceramic industry. Um, it also, perhaps not surprising, has a really burgeoning tech culture. So there's kind of this older Jing Zhen, which is manifest in that physical making, and then this new digital realm. And what's so pleasing about these objects is they kind of gesture at both but in quite like a quite a charming uh fun little way all right so these installations are all commendable in in that they reclaim materials but how, how much do you think this help in changing the design industry honestly i think they probably don't do anything i don't think they i don't think anyone is going to come along look at this within industry and decide, oh, right, now we have to reuse everything. I've seen the way because I sat on some public seating or I saw a beautiful plate. What I think is maybe interesting is just more looking at them as a little bit of a barometer of where the industry is at now and what people are thinking. So I I don't think this is going to be a, a sea change and suddenly everything will change as a result. But it's probably no bad thing that the awareness is higher than it was, that reuse and reclamation are seen as aesthetic and beautiful and interesting. That's a positive. Yeah, and where a reclamation project, its main aim isn't only to sort of broadcast its own process of reclamation, but it can be about other things too. It's just it happens to have been used with materials that are already in circulation. Yeah, I think I think what's nice and say Atwa's project, for instance, the, the pieces are really beautiful. They're really fun and delightful and charming and lovely. And so much of the debate around uh, sustainability and reuse, I think when people hear that maybe we need to be a bit more careful in what we use or how we deal with material instantly going to that. Oh, well, great. Now we can't have anything nice. We might as well all go live in a ditch and just, well, it will be pointless and going back to the Middle Ages, won't it? And so what's quite nice here is to have these more fun things which show you can be a bit more responsible in your material use, but that doesn't mean that frivolity needs to go out the window or anything like that. That's it for today. Yeah, thanks for listening in to this story of reuse. Uh, We're going to be back later in the week with a third instalment of the LDF guide, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, And we also have a cheap, shameless plug. Yeah, we're doing an event on Thursday in collaboration with the Italian furniture brand Tacchini. It's a talk at 4 p.m. It's in the Brompton Design District and you can find out all about it on our website. It's called Squashed, People, Proximity and Public Space. And it's all about how you design for public and semi-public spaces and how people behave in those spaces. So if anyone would like to come along to that, it's a free event. Uh, just send an email confirming your attendance to rsvp at com. Desenio is spelt D-I-S-E-G-N-O. We look forward to seeing you there. This episode is produced by Evie Hall and edited by me.